Hello, hello, temporary special guest co-host, um, not Johnny, <laughs> something like that. It's late, I've been, I've been trick-or-treating and I don't know how to do an intro today. You want a sugar high? Is that what I, it is? I haven't actually had many sweets, if any, actually. No, I had a couple of, that's a lie, I did have two packs of Palmer Violets. Oh, okay. like, that's basically, you might as well have just, like, shot some table sugar. Yeah, but they are the goat of, kind of, swizzle sweets. So. No, I was always a refresher girl. Mm, no, too. I don't really like sour sherbety stuff. Oh, I love sour sherbety mm. stuff. So you're a Tangfastics type person. Oh, Tangfastic, like Haribo sweets in general. I wouldn't thank you for, but like I'm always a chocolate girl, like chocolate girl. But Tangfastics and like sour cherries, yeah, get in my mouth. Mm, not for me. I'm Star Mix or uh, actually probably more of a Malwam if I'm gonna go sweets. Um... My friends are really partial to the squashies, like you know the drumstick oh, squashies. You've just, hit, you've just hit Summer's number one goat. She absolutely really? loves squashies. In fact, she got two mini bags today in the hall of trick or treat and stuff, and the, she just absolutely took so much pride in running back and said, "Daddy, I've got some squashies because they're like oh. the, the favourite things ever." So they do some mm. unique flavours of squashies as well, like different. There's like five or six different versions of them, like bubble gum, apple, and you know not just the usual because squashies are like drumsticks, aren't they? Yeah. yeah like the raspberry milky type taste yeah but yeah they do different versions in there so do they do a sour version mm, they probably do I, I don't know i'll have to verify somehow i could just hit google but i won't um <laughs> but no yeah they uh they do some some form of something like that, i think certainly the apple ones are a bit soury but yeah obviously i wouldn't have eaten them because they're not my thing so my kind of podcast, mate, straight into talking about food and sweets. Straight into talking about sweets, trick or treats. We were talking just before I hit the button about horrors and um, obviously me starting to watch the, the, the not so new series of American Horror Story 1984. I think that's the name of it. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But and it is quite gory. And you were saying you don't like horror films because you had lots of dreams. Yeah, just like I find unnecessary horror and gore and violence just really unnecessary, to be honest. And well, I just... I don't like being scared either. You wouldn't like the opening scene of the first episode then where it is in a camp, in a summer camp um, in the 80s where a couple of people or two or three people are about to get it on in like a dorm, not in a dorm room, like a you know, camp room, I don't know, like a school room. I don't know how else to describe it, but obviously they're all sleeping in the same room. And there's mm. a couple of people about to get it on. And uh, I think they start kissing it, you know, a blade goes through both of their heads so they're like stuck together oh. like a kebab. Oh no, I wouldn't like that. No, that was quite yeah. unexpected. I must, I must admit, I was like, oh shit, yeah. that came out of nowhere. I mean, there's probably some psychology in this, and there's probably hours worth of therapy. But I used to have loads of dreams when I was younger about being stabbed, and like, don't like blades, don't like knives. Yeah, just don't, just find it really unnecessary. And I hate like, you know, like the psychological stuff, like paranormal activity and stuff like that. Stuff that's like not even unnecessary horror and gore, but stuff that like really freaks you out when you're in bed. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's, not, lots not, of that, um, there's lots of stuff that freaks me out in bed, but it's not even horror <laughs> stuff. Um, I, uh, I think we were starting to go on to pre-record that. I tend to find most horror films a little bit boring now, only because the genre is it's rare to get a unique 
film in that genre. Like it's all like the ones you just said, paranormal activities, all like spooky, spooky doll in a house. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. family moves to new village in haunted mansion and they all die. Oh, surprise. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that type of thing. They aren't ra- It's rare to find like a, an actual like, oh, this is a different horror film. Mm. I think it's always it has got a little bit more psychological now hasn't it anything that is actually like they combine the two so it's more like obsessive so you know you'll get like obsessive husband who like you know stalks other women that looks like his wife and then goes too far and murders them you know like you know it'll kind of almost combine two genres in a way that's more thriller that sounds like a thriller plot than a horror and be honest i like thrillers especially psychological thrillers because they tend to do at least have a different storyline or something to think about i like i like films gonna make me sound really rad dar here but i really like films with a bit of substance and that i have to think about things of course well you like your crime documentaries don't you you like stuff like that yeah Mm. so that makes sense Yeah. yeah So, but mm. I, I cut like the a standard just slasher type thing. Okay, it's all right, but I, I don't go my way to watch them. Um, mm. But you know, yeah. Unless it, I say unless it's Scream, and then you know, although I don't know how funny they are now. They were funny twenty years ago, but would it still hold up now? I don't know. I don't even know. But I think you could say a lot of that about a lot of stuff from like. 20 years ago didn't you do you know what I, do you know what I do say often about 20 years ago and it surprised me that I'm even talking about 20 years ago but the in-between is maybe not 20 15 but that would not be that would not get picked up by network nowadays but if you watch, do you not think no if you watch the jokes back now I think mm, they're too close to the bone I don't think I think the political correctness that we now live sure. in I think we would struggle to, for a TV network to pick them up and actually put them on yeah you're probably right you're probably right that kind of cringe humour, though, mm. like that's a real fine line with cringe humour to actually get it in a in a in a way that does resonate without crossing a political politically politically correct mm. barrier. Mm. I, yeah, I, I I watched an episode on catch up, or well, not on catch up, was obviously on TV on a catch up show, and uh, I thought to myself, that's really like something that we shouldn't. I'm not sure we should even say now. Um, not sure we get away with it, and I, yeah, I don't. I, th- I just watched the rest of the episode, thinking, I don't think they would actually make this show anymore. Mm. If they were that that worried about it, they wouldn't even air it anymore, though, would they? So, perhaps, yeah. Although people mm. are still play Michael Jackson songs, so true that, true that, yeah. And I don't know do, if you we... have, do you think people will ever stop? So, I, I, well, I say that. So, I think certain radio shows stations have banned them, banned his music, and obviously others music in similar veins but I was say like R. Kelly and stuff like that yeah like I said I'm not sure people play R. Kelly anymore but yeah yeah. This, yeah. Is, this has gone funny on us for a Sunday night isn't it talking about it's almost, bit, it's almost gone deep yeah but nearly went into uh, what's his face Bill Cosby just got out of jail as well didn't he so god yeah I know god, anyway to- talking about goats of sweet squashies the goats of fizzy drinks is with me today I thought I would bring this up on the podcast Morello Cherry, Little's Own, Fizzy stuff. Would you rate? 10 out of 10. Or obviously if you know if we're talking about Dr. Mike, 7 out of 7. 7 out of 7. Um, I would take your little Morello Cherry drink, Brett Hadley, and I will raise you Aldi Tropical Blast Zero. Isn't that just like a Fanta? It's like a lilt. A lilt, it's yeah, a lilt. Sorry, that's what I think. Incredible. Yeah. That's very good. Um, okay, I think I've had that before, um, but I would like so I, I I feel at least qualified to have an opinion on both. But I'm not going to give that opinion on both 
because I want you to have an opinion. So next time you find a little, mm. pick some up and come back to me. Actually, don't really like artificial cherry flavored things. Oh no, actually that's wrong. I do like artificial cherry. You just said you like sour cherry sweets. Uh, yeah, so I'm quite funny with artificial flavors. So me and my friend decided that the name of our our next band will be artificial strawberry flavored things. It's quite a good name for a band. Um, I uh, sorry, can I just I dive into that? Is, are you going to call it that? Like quote artificial flavored things whatever it was or are you going to yeah. find something that's not official flavor thing and call your band that no it would be like the name of the band would be artificial strawberry flavored things i think it's quite a good name yeah really good <laughs> <laughs> anyway no i i am um, i really like strawberries but i hate artificial strawberry flavored things i actually don't like cherries but i like artificial cherry flavored things so i'd be all over that i would i would um try that i will d- pick that up I'm doing that thing what you should never do as a coach and have something in your mind that you want to say while the other person's talking. But I think that should be your band name. What? Whatever you just said. And I'll be honest, I've forgotten it already. But it was something like, like I like art- I don't like artificial things, but I have a thing with artificial things. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> Whatever it was, I thought, that sounds like a better band name. Well, pseudo, pseudo names for our fake, fake band that's, uh, that's going to yeah launch I'm- in the their future i'm gonna to have to uh rewind this and listen back now and see what that name was but <laughs> <laughs> i will get it i actually have a voucher for little so yeah. oh have a go try it out um i i feel like we should probably explain why you're here again um again because yeah. obviously you've been a guest on the cod part on the cod po- podcast cod past that sounds a funny name uh so perhaps i'll explain oh i won't explain why john is not here basically john is supposed to be here but he's not but i won't explain that doesn't matter he was just basically otherwise engaged um i guess for those listening, we had talked previously about doing a bit of a collaboration. So I guess your own podcast, the Not Another Fitness podcast, which we have obviously plugged before on here. So hopefully people will know uh, who and what that is. Um, so just take a bit of a break. So we said, you know, you want us to carry on kind of conversing with people. We said, why not collaborate with us for a bit and see uh, see what value you can bring to our listeners. So, um, yeah, that's why you're here. Here I am. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me on. Um, yeah, filling the void while uh, me and Andy, my co-host on the Not Another Fitness podcast, take a little bit of a break. So, um, yeah, well-earned break, but it kind of it's been a couple of weeks now and it's definitely left a void, definitely left a void. So, do you, yeah, do you feel nice like to... a proper loose end, like when you'd, if you have a scheduled time like me and Johnny normally do, do you get to that point and think, what do I do now? Yeah, well, read yeah, a book. Of. It's usually Thursday afternoons. We usually record on Thursday afternoons, and I've got to Thursday afternoon, and I'm like, "Oh, I've done all my programming. I've done all the washing. Like everything's done. Like this is a bit bizarre. Like I'm not having to run here, there, and everywhere. But I suppose because I see Andy, it's not been so bad. Like because I see him daily at the gym. So, um, I think if I wasn't seeing him. Um, it would it would be a bit a bit stranger, but we actually managed to get out for lunch the other day, which was quite nice to see him in a social setting as well, rather than. And mm. it, we like since the gyms have opened up again, and we got so busy. It was just right. Let's go. We jumping on. What are we talking about? You got it in the like. Let, we'll just go. We've got an hour, and it's it literally got a bit, a bit. Yeah, know, that's like, what I was gonna say. Is is part of the break because I guess, not that it wasn't fun. But did you kind of lose the fact that you're doing it for the enjoyment and it starts to become a bit of a, it needs to put some emphasis in it being work or have a point? Yeah, for sure. It definitely started to become work. And um, we noticed as well 
the podcast that we did have a little bit more effort and put a little bit more prep into generally tended to go a little bit better and we enjoyed them more and um like Andy didn't didn't even want to take a break when he had his first baby he wanted to keep going and going and going so um yeah it just it just was it just was the right time so um yeah I'm enjoying the break but I don't know I really like doing these and um yeah jumping on and chatting about fitness and nutrition and actually just hence you're here hence I'm here um it's, it's interesting you say about um the episodes where you did more prep kind of went better um because obviously it would make sense logically yeah. you know the whole you know, like prepare to fail fail to prepare all that type of stuff. no other way around that type of stuff um however i do me and johnny and whether they resonate or provide actual better content for people i don't know but me and johnny very much enjoy the ones more which tends to have been where we've lent the, like more to as well the last probably six months maybe longer maybe even a year where we haven't really done any prep for most um or you know unless unless it's an episode on a top that hasn't really required it then perhaps we have but we've obviously gone a lot more down the kind of the, the shooting the shit angle or just kind of generally chatting through stuff and just seeing like some of them we start recording without even knowing what we're going to talk about and actually the topics only appeared midway through the actual episode where mm-hmm. we start to talk about something that just comes up in conversation between us yeah. um I guess it's kind of, but I think I think that's driven by the fact that me and Johnny want to make sure we enjoy doing it. Otherwise, we won't do it because we're not doing this for yeah. listenership. We like we've spoke about this before, but we we get nothing, not nothing. We get we don't get enough professionally as a business out of running the podcast because obviously we're not kind of you know lighting up the charts or doing loads and loads of stuff where we're kind of suddenly inundated with people want to work with us. So we are very much doing this because we enjoy doing it. So if we don't enjoy mm-hmm. doing it, what is the point? yeah you know that type of thing which i guess is obviously where you found you guys have found yourselves for a little bit yeah i think it got to like wednesday every week and we we're like right what are we talking about tomorrow and we we're like oh have you heard anything in the gym today no have you heard has there been anything in the news no there's been anything in the news and um yeah it was just of the what the podcasts we started to enjoy the best were the ones where i think we did one it was like getting to know your hosts and we had such a laugh um it, it was stuff like What's the worst piece of clothing you've ever owned? Um, what do you, what the do you what are your three main values in life or like you know like things like that? And that was the one that we actually had the most fun. Mm. Um, whereas like I think yeah I think it's just it just got a little bit. Um, we still absolutely love it, and I think we're definitely going to come back to it because the idea of it not being around anymore is really sad. But um, yeah, def- that more freestyle element of it, especially when you get two people like yourself and Johnny or me and Andy, where you do just banter off it. Um, I don't and... even like Johnny. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, he's a knobhead. He, he's a bit of a knob. <laughs> you just vibe off each other. No, they're definitely the better ones. Um, but if we had something quite meaty to talk about, it definitely helped to be a stru- to have a structure. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So we met up recently. We did. For the coaches clinic. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the title of it now. We even had a title, but uh, passionate coaching. It obviously resonated, mate. I'll tell Dan. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know whether the actual whether there was a specific title. It might have been. I don't remember. But um, I did. I, when I said to Dan Mac, I said I'm only coming for the the after party. I said I'm not even coming for the day, like, like without being rude. But um, <laughs> so I'm just there for the funds. Um, as I have done many things in the industry, just think ah, I'm only really going there. And there are things that have sold themselves on this. You're yeah. going there for the after party, not really for the thing. But anyway. Um, but no, obviously we 
hooked up on that. I know that's coming wrong. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married with two children. How dare you? Um, uh, we we met obviously met up there and obviously had a great day. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it really while we're here. But what did you think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was um, so nice to get some people in a room together and chat about and just you know kind of reaffirm that there are still people in the industry that do put the person first and the client first I think um, especially if you get pulled down a social media rabbit hole you can get quite as a coach and even as a consumer or a potential client you can get quite bogged down with do this online program or come and learn how to be a, you know, business entrepreneur and earn six figures and stuff like that. And it's, um, it's very hard to find some coaches that you necessarily relate to. We're all looking for that realism. We're all looking for that person who, um, we, who resonates with us for some reason. Um, and we, each we're going to find different people that resonate with us for whatever reason and for whatever issues we're going through. And I really enjoyed the coaches clinic for that because it um, reminded me and I think everyone else in the room that how important it is to put the client first. Like at the end of the day, yes, we're all doing this to make money. And yes, we're doing it because hopefully ultimately we want to help people. Um, but this and I don't like saying soft skills because they might be counted as soft skills, but they're actually very, very difficult to be skillful at. But actually those um, less tangible sides of coaching are the most important things. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I still learned loads, even the fact that like there was definitely elements where it was nice to be feel reassured, as these things <laughs> always are. Um, but there's still definitely elements that just kind of hearing up different perspectives because it is quite easy to get trapped in your own little world sometimes, especially when you spend the majority of your time like coaching people behind a laptop mm. um and as much as like if people spoke about the different types and offers of service they do the types of contact they have with their clients whether it's kind of video whether it's email blah 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 and obviously everyone has a different offering and obviously my preferred method with most people is very much to have live calls with people um obviously which usually includes video um even that can be difficult to, to kind of still have the same or to, to try and replicate a real like face-to-face -face relationship with people um and i think that's kind of where I, st I i still very much think like the type of skills and things that you're kind of speaking and, and speaking to people about and learning about from people are like you get a lot from kind of hearing other people's perspectives and views to implement your own types of coaching if you kind of want to work on that level now clearly like we spoke about things in the in the clinic didn't we around if your product offering, you know, call it that, um, or kind of what you want to offer is a certain thing, like it might just be very much a uh, a non-compassionate kind of more compliance type of stuff that you're offering, like as the way Dan and Dan put it in their in their talks. Um, that's fine in my opinion, that to do that as long as it's marketed as that, and I think that's obviously where a lot of the conversation went. So like if you're offering a macro plan or a recipe or a meal plan or whatever, you know, I know obviously dietitians should only really offer meal plans, but you know, if you're offering something that is very prescriptive and very kind of like, just go ahead and do it. It doesn't actually come with a lot of coaching. I actually didn't have a problem with that as long as it's marketed that way. Like if you're offering cookie cutter plans and sold cookie cutter plans, great, go do it. Like as long as the price is reflected accordingly and that the people are aware that they're getting. The problem for me is often there's a lot of charlatans out there that will try and do the bare minimum to make money rather than kind of 
you know, make money based on actually providing true value. Because that's one thing, again, and obviously some Tanya often says, you should never be afraid of making money or, or you should never feel guilty about making money. Because mm. actually, you know, if you're offering something really valuable, then you should be paid for what you're doing. But obviously it doesn't mean that money's the driver. It means that, you know, the, the value that you're offering is the key thing there, really. Yeah. My issue, I, I completely agree with the whole compliance-based stuff. Compliance and compliance coaching definitely has uh definitely has a you know a c it definitely has um positives for some people some people don't really need real in-depth coaching you know some people do just need accountability and it's good for us as coaches to think about what our offering is and how we can constantly keep evolving and adapting our offering my issue with um the industry and why i found the coaches clinic so reassuring and reaffirming and actually a really positive experience is because I think when you're a coach you have to you know we're all in the fitness industry the nutrition and wellness industry we all want to hopefully help other people improve their health in some way and that is the underpinning hopefully goal of everybody and I you have to think about the intent behind your message like what is the intent behind your coaching are you just trying to make money by getting people to tick boxes but you're not screening people properly and these people are actually coming to you with like four four years of disordered patterns of eating or are you really trying to is your intent to actually really help people and I think sometimes if that's the case if your intent is there you actually genuinely want to help people I've turned people's business away because I'm like I don't think I'm the right person for you I won't do you a proper meal plan um like I'm not going to tell you prescriptively what to eat every single day because I can't be doing that and I think there's a really fine line like Tanya says you shouldn't be afraid of earning money I think some people are afraid of not being able to earn money and that's maybe where they go they go a little bit wrong um, particularly in the early stages of their career. Um, oh, did you get it? No. Oh, that's annoying. People um, have seen that wouldn't know what I was doing. So no. <laughs> listeners are like, oh, what's she talking about? Um, so, yeah, um, I think it can be hard in the industry when you you have – it's very hard over social media as a coach to try and portray who you are as a person and what your intent is with your clients. Um, so it was nice to be given, like, pointers about how to do that and – um yeah focusing back in on values and yeah i really enjoyed it and the the food was really good afterwards so yeah the food was the highlight for me if i'm honest um out, outside of the company obviously you mm-hmm. know? no they were you know I, I guess that type of thing's always going to attract a good bunch of people i think um yeah so i guess like especially when you kind of you know before it kind of gets out and known by loads of people um there are other things that shall not be named anymore that used to be similar in that the other things in the industry that the kind of early adopters were always really good people because I guess it just attracted those individuals and then kind of when it got a bit more popular the uh how do I describe it maybe got a bit diluted is probably the word um and you know you worry about these sorts of things happen for again you know good events happen and everyone gets a bit of a wind and then the the kind of the quality not of the the actual course itself but kind of even the people going gets a bit diluted and that sounds mm. that, that again it might sound a bit uppity or uh arrogant but i think it's just kind of the way it goes in these sorts of things sometimes mm-hmm. um yes but it's good it's good and then we had obviously dr mike joy which is a bit annoying really yeah i, didn't want him I hope to he's enjoying him. his life yeah 
that was great inside joke if anyone's actually wants to know what it is i think they did explain it on the fitness unfiltered podcast didn't they on one of those episodes so perhaps go back and listen to that if you want to know did they i didn't hear the one where they explained it Maybe i think go back a couple. yeah uh i don't know when it was but obviously it can't be not long ago because the thing was only a few weeks ago so um Okay. Perhaps, perhaps the episode after that that week, I don't know, whichever it was, but I think Mike basically explained how he, I was just saying it now rather than kind of let, listen, but how uh, awkwardly just kind of did, I don't think, was it to you or someone else? It was to me, to you, just it was said, actually yeah, to me. That kind of like goodbye, you know, that well-known um, goodbye you say to people where you say enjoy your life. I actually thought you said enjoy life, not enjoy your I life. I think he did say enjoy life, but it gives more comedic value to say enjoy your life. Yeah. So I thought he said enjoy life, it's like, mm, it's a bit of a funny thing to say, right? But anyway. Well, it was that awkward moment wasn't it where it's like post-covid we've all met up and like obviously like i'd never met him before and i was like right bye then um are you comfortable with a hug or like do you want to do you want a hug do you want to not hug so he was like i'm okay with hugging i was like good i'm okay with hugging so i gave him a hug and i was like bye like see you then he was like enjoy life <laughs> the Mike, Mike's involved in most funny things that probably happened on in fitness things. To be honest, like he seems to these things gravitate to him. Like even during that meal, uh, obviously, you, actually, I think you might have seen it, but because obviously you were sitting opposite me. But um, one of my clients messaged me after my Instagram saying, "Oh my god, you know Dr. Mike?" And I was like, "Yes, I do know Dr. Mike." She went, "That's amazing because I now feel like I'm one step closer to Lord Lucy, who's like Lord Lucy the baker. I think she's a baker or cook or whatever. I don't know, I don't know what she does really because I don't really know her, but." Um, and I, th- I thought it was hilarious and I had to show Mike because basically she just thinks it's brilliant the fact that she wasn't interested in Mike. She just thought it like she's Mike's famous for knowing someone else, <laughs> basically. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah. All but... through a little app on a mobile phone. It's mad. He, he, he then explained the story of how he went to support, uh, or he went with Amelia in Glasgow to support James Smith's tour, one of his tours doing, and that James, all those people having pictures with Mike because he knows James. It's like they weren't interested in having a selfie with Mike for Mike. It's just that this guy knows James, so I'm going to have a selfie with him. <laughs> so famous weird. by association. That's mad, isn't it? It's is so weird. It's so mad. weird. But he seems to know a lot of famous people, Mike. So, you know, he's a celebrity, yeah. really, isn't he? So, is he? Like, famous celebrity? He wouldn't describe himself like that. He'd just say, I'm he, a doctor. He would. He's not even a doctor. No. He's a fake doctor. He's like, a... <laughs> he, he parades around as if he's a GP, but he doesn't actually go to work. <laughs> Does he need to? <laughs> I'm joking. He is, he is a real. Of course, he's a doctor. He is a real GP. I know. I'm joking. He's a real doctor. Um, anyway, that's enough about Mike. Um, we were going to talk about something today, weren't we? Um, we were. We were going to talk about the power of choice, and I was going to let you lead it actually because it, it was kind of your blog and your thoughts, and I thought that might be an interesting topic to talk about because um, even the concept of having choice, certainly around the nutrition industry or fitness industry, is nuanced. Um, I was going to say controversial, but I don't know if it is controversial necessarily. But I guess like the 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 fact that like that old that idea of choice. Now, obviously, I, I guess like you could explain your blog in the the kind of the context that you're coming from in that. But I guess just you know that overall topic of like people's choice of eating and like that type mm. of thing is quite a difficult thing to generalize about or talk through for like wider populations. So, but I thought it'd be interesting to chat anyway. So. Thanks. Um, thank you very much. Um, I never know with you. I never know if you like throw something off in the air and you're like, yeah, let's talk about this because it was great or because, hmm, oh, just, well, I've got a differing opinion, which is always nice because I find it really challenging. Like personally, it's great. Um, but thank you. The 
blog so i had a really basically i had a really crap day like one day last week um just felt really overwhelmed um had in like in the same 12 hours or 16 hours or whatever that i was awake i had some really good stuff happen to me professionally and then i focused on the one bad thing that happened to me professionally and i really let it get on top of me um to the point where i actually went for lunch with andy and he was like mate are you okay? When I like just, bleh, tears came, you know, when you're like, don't ask me if I'm okay. Um, and I really chose to let it get to me. Um, and despite all the good things that had happened that day, but I was like this one thing, I just really let go on top of me, really let almost define me, pull like as a professional, pull me into a pit of like negative thoughts. There's, and then I there's worked. A, there's a lot of, so I was going to say, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if I would say research. Perhaps it is, I don't know. But basically, I think it's quite well accepted that human beings tend to focus on negative traits a lot stronger than they do kind of positive stuff. And obviously, you hear sometimes people say, like, don't read comments or stuff because obviously you can bypass 20 good comments on an Instagram post, say, but you'll focus on the one shit one. Oh, massively. Because um, it's a lot easier to believe the bad stuff about ourselves than it is to believe the good stuff. Yeah, especially when... Um, in this industry, God, it, when you're surrounded by people who are, and this is very general, like, you know, always trying to better themselves or like fitter or prettier or, you know, bigger than you, you know. Um, so then, but then the next day I woke up and I was like, this is, to coin a phrase, bullshit. Like, I am the only person in charge of A, my career, as I'm self-employed, and B, how I feel about this. Um, I don't have a boss that's going to be like, don't worry, you're doing really well. Like, give me a bit of a shit sandwich and get me to go on my way. Like, there's there's just me. Um, and I just decided to write about it, which is a really good thing that's come out of not doing the podcast. I had a little bit of extra time just to sit. Um, so I just jotted some thoughts down on paper. And I kind of write how my thoughts come in my head. It's very much like I'm talking to myself. Um, and I just thought, you know what? No, I'm going to choose to have a good day. Um, and I made a choice and it made me think about the power of cho- of choice. Yes, something really awful, not awful, but not even awful for God's sake. Like um, I don't have, and this is the thing as well. I don't have a bad life. I have a lovely partner. We live in a great home. I'm got financial freedom pretty much. Like, you know, I, my health is great. Um, I don't have any major problems, but I was choosing to focus on this negative. And I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to have a good day today. And Thursday I woke up and just had a great morning with clients, chose to be positive, even though at some points it was hard and this thing is still playing in the back of my mind. And it's the same with clients. When I talk to clients, like we create our own narrative around a lot of our own behaviors. Um, and we can very easily get pulled into believing what we tell ourselves, whether it be true or not. Um, and I'm sure there's loads of research around this as well. And it's such a common thing when you're dieting um, or when you're trying to make lifestyle change. Like, yes, you have a choice and you can choose to go to the gym. You can choose not to go to the gym. You can choose to put the gym off again. You can choose to have a pizza. You can choose to not have a pizza. And there are different times of people's lives where people need to make certain choices. But people 
very much tend to define themselves by the last choice they made and let that influence the next one. And they very much forget the power of the present. And we always have a choice. Um, And if you choose to let the last decision you make influence the next decision you make, that's when you can get in a pattern of really negative behavior around whatever decision that is. Um, And I just think it's a really interesting concept. Um, I speak to so many people that are like, oh, well, I, it's that whole, I will start the diet on Monday, you know, or I had a bad Friday. So then I had a bad Saturday and I woke up with the best of intentions on Sunday, but I just thought, oh no, I couldn't be bothered because I've already done all that you are what you repeatedly do and you are the result of the things that you choose to do most of the time. So if you choose to do, I uh, saying in wanky air quotes here, the right thing or the most desired out the thing, the choice, if you're going to make the choice that has the most desired outcome 70% of the time, you're going to be a hell of a lot further along your way to um, the most is your desired outcome than if you choose to do it 40 or 30% of the time. Mm. But I think, I mean, the, the concept of having a choice obviously exists as in, you know, everyone does have a choice. I do, I I like to, I mean, my personal opinion is I like the idea of being able to reframe stuff in the most positive manner that you're able to. I do, I think, also recognise it's not always easy for some people to do that. Um, I mean, you know, you can't tell a depressed person, cheer up, mate. And and this is what I I was going to say as well. Like, I'm lucky I'm not depressed. Like, I've not experienced depression. I've had mental health problems and suffered with mental health issues, but I'm not depressed. So I appreciate I'm lucky and fortunate enough to be able to switch my thinking like that. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously, that's quite a prominent point that even even having a good life in the way you explained. I mean, I've got close friends that are in almost, you know, they would describe themselves in the exact same position, like great family financial freedom like nice home um you know good jobs all of the things that probably society would expect to be a good life in air quotes yet are so miserable and like mm. like you know clinically depressed you would look and think like how could you possibly what could you got to be depressed about but obviously that's not what it's about um i i don't know enough about clinical depression to really kind of talk about it so i won't but i guess obviously i do understand that like having a good life isn't the antidote to not being you know depressed um but yeah i guess even like that you know having a choice and reframe stuff i think for the most part is a is something that i prefer to do if i can or would like people to do because i do think obviously you know if you can look at the positive things then it kind of speaks to the the fact that you're going to have a a better outcome hopefully um Mm -hmm. albeit i i understand obviously it's not always that easy i guess and especially when it comes to like nutrition stuff we do all have our choice and what we do we have a choice in the kind of decisions we make like you say i think it is a key thing to think about having uh, your choices you make not being reflective of obviously like the last thing you did, as you say. And obviously that's something that's quite key to think about in terms of, you know, that all or nothing type of mindset that a lot of people will have, you know, that all or nothing diet where if you fuck something up, you, oh, that's it. I might as well start again on Monday, like you say. Um, that is obviously so prominent in, in features in most people that I work with at some point. Like when they first come to you, it's kind of one of the things uh, and I said this to a client actually quite recently in terms of like we're joking around obviously what I do in terms of like my coaching style and kind of what actual kind of what what actual thing do you do to coach on I said half the time it's just stopping people burning their own houses down mm. that's literally what you do like you're just stopping people doing things like fuck it I'm gonna just ruin this weekend now because I've already ruined it I might as well start on a Monday you're just stopping people doing that 
because yeah. it's kind of like you know that you're not you're not really kind of giving anyone any secrets you're not really kind of taking through some magical process where you've kind of got your own you know oh the fat loss blueprint that's doing this blah 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 no it's just you're stopping people eating like dickhead all the time um that's basically what it comes down to yeah so you know um yeah, it's the whole the whole concept of like choice, as I say, even kind of nutrition world. This you've got all these things where you do have a choice. You can positively reframe stuff, but then there's obviously a lot of external influences in terms of socioeconomic, psychology, genetic, cultural upbringing, conditioning. That obviously means that mm, how 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 much do choices really have? And obviously there are studies and research out there that shows that environmental impacts and stuff have a big play on kind of what people choose to eat now whether you believe that is someone's choice whether you believe it's out of their choices i guess down to your interpretation of it but yeah I, I don't believe certainly like the power of choice is something that everyone has from a nutrition standpoint necessary or it's not it's not as binary as they do or don't um i think there's kind of a, a very much a spectrum where you have a, a choice of a, on on a spectrum um and obviously everyone's spectrum will then be different based on all these other factors uh, but I do like the you know, the original premise of like you can you can try and choose to have a more positive outlook on certain stuff, which I do think will have a very positive output. Hopefully, mm. um, I can yeah, I completely agree. Like being able to have a choice around your nutrition is one hundred percent a privilege. Like, it is a privilege. Um, I, you know, I can I can choose to buy myself some fresh ingredients and actually go and cook myself a meal because I have a car which means I can get to a supermarket I can actually have the means to pay for fresh ingredients from a supermarket I have a roof over my head I have electricity I can I have the the tools to cook a meal I have the knowledge that if I don't you know just I have a knowledge from experiences I've had to know what flavors to throw together you know I have a phone to look up uh, recipes you know there, there is a privilege around these kind of things of course there is and there's a reason people with uh, you know I don't think I'm saying anything that's out of turn or like you know not well not well known here there's a people with low socioeconomic status tend to make poor nutrition choices because poor nutrition tends to be poor like nutrition less nutritionally dense food tends to be cheaper you know like you can go and get a McDonald's for however like McDonald's cheap Trust me, well, I, went, no, I, went, no, I went there earlier. It wasn't cheap. I still spent twenty five <laughs> quid on like three meals. So I, well, didn't, I didn't even have one. Jesus, and I, I don't rate McDonald's, which is why I don't. I don't. I very rarely do I eat McDonald's because other than the crispy strips, it's about the only thing half decent there. I don't rate it either. The only thing I'd ever have is a McFlurry or um or the coffee. The coffee's out. oh no, I can't say that to you. Sorry, can't say that to you. Um, but like you 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 get my point. Like being able to have a choice about your nutrition is a hundred percent a privilege, but. You definitely have a choice about your mindset and about, um, and I'm like you, you remember you saying when we met up, you were like, there are no nutritional emergencies. All I ever do is talk to, stop, someone, some, stop someone from burning their house down. It's so true. But I think just the amount of times I've said to people in consultations and in, um, in like video check-ins and stuff is like, you are not the product of the last decision you made around food. You know, you are not the product of the one time you got home from work and you were like, oh, I'm exhausted. I don't want to go to the gym. You know, there is uh, there's a lot to be said for we are so influenced by external factors and by how by how we're thought or how we are is we are told by social media and stuff how we are supposed to feel or how we are supposed to act. Like 
there's a a lot of the time with my clients I spend time just getting them back in touch with their own bodies and their own minds um, so that they are more in tune with what they want, who they are, their behaviors, their habits, when they tend to make the less than optimal choices, when they should just go, you know what, go to the gym. And when they actually shouldn't just go, no, do you know what? I'm too knackered. Like, So it's about learning what choices serve you when and what choices are actually just become more habitual or actually more um, reflex mm-hmm. and mindset sometimes can be a choice. Like I am completely guilty of it. Like with what happened last week, uh, I, I could be like, Oh, that's a shame that one bad thing happened to me, but I've actually had two really other good business things happen to me this week. So let's focus on that. But it's still practice. And that's something else that I say to my clients all the time is these are you're not just you don't just come to a nutritionist pay the money have the accountability and two months three months however long after go oh that's great i've lost loads of weight i've healed my relationship with food and i'm suddenly feel like i am totally neutral around a buffet and i never want a mcdonald's again and blah 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 like these things take practice and i practice them still in my own life i'm sure you still practice stuff like you know like all these things take practice especially when it comes to making positive choices so yeah no i absolutely agree with all that um there was one thing i was going to say enough now that it slipped my mind so perhaps i it'll come back to me at some point i'm sure um yeah no i, I am definitely still there's i mean there's plenty of stuff that i'm still practice i mean the kind of um mindfulness or the kind of like being in the present is something that something that i think really helps with choices and um because mm. i guess what i think something you said earlier about making a you know you know the air quotes right decision that is gonna kind of um i don't know i i, I like to position it sometimes like you know making a decision now having a bit of presence of mind in that moment to think about is the decision I'm going to make now going to be something that I'm going to be thankful for in the future? Or is it going to be something that kind of serves me? Or is it going to be something that actually that I'm going to regret in the future? And it's actually kind of for the, you know, it's the whole short-term gratification type thing now for um, rather than kind of longer-term stuff. I think that can be quite an important thing for people to kind of think about as a choice. And so you have a choice, but you need to think about kind of not only what is relevant for you in that moment, but also what you're going to be grateful for, what's going to serve your future self. Mm. um and that isn't like i have a i was gonna say i have a, a slight problem with it and i don't i don't know if i have a problem with it as such but there's a slight concern that some people might take that as a form of kind of self-guilt tripping as in like you're kind of oh well i, I should go to the gym so i'm going to go to the gym now but i really don't want to go and i'm only going because i'm basically guilt tripping myself or you know you know insert, insert same example but about food um and I think that's that's the difficult part in terms of like knowing what is really going to serve you now. Like it's like judging when you could when like judging that example there about the gym, judging when it's right to still go because there are occasions where you don't want to go and you still go and that's the right thing to do. It turns out you know you get, sometimes you know we all have that where you you, you don't want to go, you get to the gym or you, you know you do a training session and actually have the best session you've had for ages. You know like, oh this is amazing like brilliant I'm so glad I went. Um, but there are occasions where people very much shouldn't go to the gym and actually resting or do you know kind of doing something different or whatever might be the right option then um mm. and it's knowing that difference is the really tough part even as a coach even as you like you know you should know yourself more than anything so as an individual um but not an easy thing to do 
Mm. It's this. It's um. It's not an easy thing to do, and it takes. Like I say, it does take time and practice and understanding and knowing your own body and your own capacity bucket and your own capabilities. And sometimes, well, in fact, a lot of the time, it takes some getting it wrong to be able to get it right. I think we've all gone to the gym when we probably shouldn't have done, um, or you know, we're overly stressed, overly tired. Um, maybe you got injured. Maybe it's just. I don't know if anyone, if you've ever walked out of a session or got in there, done a few and just gone, nah, not today and gone back. But like, I I think I have a couple of times. Um, it's the same sometimes with nutrition, but this is the harder thing. And I think the thing um, that I find difficult with clients is keeping them in the, like, why, why are you doing this? Finding the why. Um, and it's, when you've got someone that's really got a, a fat loss goal, um, it's a really long-term thing or they've got real issues with food and you're really trying to get them out of those damaging behaviors of, of over restriction, um, over training. And they're like, say they go to the party, they go to their nan's 80th birthday party and they're like, Oh, you know, like it was great. I didn't have any chocolate cake and I only had one glass of Prosecco and I'm like, okay, why did you make that choice? Yeah, but I've just got, you know, I'm so close to my goal and I'm like, well, okay. Was there, did you enjoy yourself? Well, not like, yeah, but I I just didn't want to feel, I didn't want to feel guilty. And then it's a bit like undoing all those kind of real negative connotations that I find hard and making what they think is going to be the right choice. However, when you actually put it as a whole in terms of all the other elements of health, like social health, um, you know, mental health, is actually that the right choice to be made? There are so many different factors we have to think about with these choices. Um especially with nutrition, it can just be really hard. Um, and as a coach, come bringing it all the way back to the coach's clinic, coming full circle, um, that is that is what is most important, I think, is trying to really dig into that person and understand that person's psyche and motivations and background and belief system and values to try and ascertain whether they did make the right choice or why they made that choice. Mm. I think that a lot of that comes with as a coach uh having those types of conversations prior to things like mm. as part of your kind of general coaching but even like prior to events i've got, I've got exactly a very very similar scenario at the moment where um a client of mine dave shout he'll listen hopefully um where he's in okay. hello dave um he is in dubai at the moment on a bit of a holiday uh he is on a fat loss uh, kind of journey and he kind of had open conversations around not wanting to undo kind of hard work in that obviously that's his kind of view or narrative on stuff um i think that comes from he had a month away of doing different stuff uh, a while back and and kind of put a bit of weight on over this kind of month away and doing things and he, he says he kind of he's found it quite difficult to get back in after that to kind of get back down to a weight that he was prior to that month off and doesn't want to be in that same position so for you that's his kind of learned experience that he's had and um i find it quite difficult to I can find it quite difficult to kind of have that conversation around kind of the longer term picture, a bit like you you kind of choose a minute ago, because obviously in their mind, it's kind of like, you know, what matters to me at the moment is losing weight and doing blah, blah, blah. And in my mind, I'm like, my goal is slightly different for you than what you're setting yourself. Because my goal is very much kind of something more that you might sit on the kind of longevity scale a bit more where look, go away, enjoy yourself. Um, I would always, I always usually promote kind of, the, the kind of the mindful aspect in these types of scenarios rather than kind of pushing for any type of weight loss intervention 
during these types of things because I, I feel like they have better outcomes in the longer term. Um, but it's obviously doesn't necessarily align with what they want. And obviously that's the difficult part as a coach when you've kind of got a different goal for them. Because obviously you, you probably shouldn't. You should probably just say it's their goal and you go with it. And I kind of, you know, will usually be led by that. But it's difficult when your experience of working with so many people, what you kind of feel like you know is a is a better solution. Um, that's yeah. what, and that's what, that's what I said. That's why I find it difficult where the difficulty comes in, I think, from kind of a coaching aspect. Yeah, I think transparency in coaching is so important. And I think it depends on your, as, as an individual, and this is what I would uh, implore any kind of person who's thinking about getting a coach or for, whether it's for training or for nutrition, just to ask is just really try and ascertain what is important to that coach and what their values are. Like one of mine is honesty and I will just be a hundred percent honest with anybody. And if they're coming to me and they're like, right, I really, really want to lose weight, but um, I had binge eating disorder in the past and I've worked with a therapist and I'm all the way through it now. So I'm ready and I just need some accountability. I'm like, okie dokie. Um, I can be accountability for you. However, I'm not happy with doing it. If you're still in this place, you got this relationship with this or this relationship with that. And so many coaches, I think do just see, maybe the pound signs or another another figure um and it's just yeah you've just got to be honest and you've got to have I think it's building relationships isn't it it's like you say um it is hard when you see the longer longer picture for your for your client because you're like you know do no harm that's Mm. because you're one of the good ones mate I think I think well I think that's where the conversations prior can help because obviously I guess that enables me to let them still make the decision they can mm. still do what they want that I've just kind of given them my two cents almost around kind of what I feel yeah. is something to consider. It's not even what I feel works best. Cause I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even position it like that to them, to be honest. I would kind of say like, obviously something to consider is this, this, and this, 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 and this, you know, go away and, you know, kind of do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think that's kind of why over the last couple of years, I've just gone more like I'm, I'm almost got to a point where I'm, almost say that I won't work with someone for weight loss anymore like it's not far off mm. where I could almost see myself saying do you know what? I just don't want weight loss clients anymore I just because I just mm. don't feel like it suits it probably it probably doesn't fit my values almost yeah so um I've started to feel the same for yeah. sure and I and I guess like what it I I also though won't or don't like to tell people what they should and shouldn't do or shouldn't shouldn't believe and what their value shouldn't be. So I could just say like obviously that isn't me saying like I disagree with their values by not working with them, but I also feel like I don't want to t- like I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say really. I guess I guess like it, maybe I should just turn around and say oh, I don't want to work with them, but you know I I don't I don't hundred percent not believe in weight loss either though that's the thing. Mm. So I'm kind of torn. I think it's. I think it's hard when you're like me. I've got clients very similar at the moment. Like a positive outcome for you wouldn't necessarily be the most positive outcome for them based on what they want to achieve. So I've got a client at the moment, like she desperately wants to be in this ideal physique. Um, but I, we, I'm taking her on and the proviso that we're going to work on the mindset stuff first. Um, and if she, if in a month's time, I know she's got this party that she wants to go to, she wants to feel amazing. Like for me, if she goes to this party and she comes back and she's like, I wore this dress, I had the best time, I felt absolutely banging, loved it, like enjoyed it, ate all the food, drank all the drink, just felt amazing. But she weighed exactly the same as she does now. That for me, I would be over the moon. 
but she wouldn't necessarily be. And that's where it's um, that's where there can be a bit of a disparity. Mm. Um, she wouldn't, uh, while she would see that as a successful outcome, she might not see that as as, as a successful outcome as she possibly would. Um, but there's only so much we can do as well. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you can. I think as a coach as well, you can apply some of your values to people even if it's not you know kind of 100% in line with their goals I think you can still kind of give them your two cents to say about because I think over time they might either you know they might they might decide that obviously they don't want to wait or have weight loss journeys any longer I've certainly had that with some clients where they've kind of given given up on that goal after a period of time because they realize actually it's not what they want and it isn't like weight loss won't make them happy so I think most I don't know so this isn't an evidence-based response but um certainly in my own anecdotal experience from me personally and people I've worked with, the the overwhelming majority are not any happier when they're leaner or even if they have got happier, they will, they will not say it's because of the, the fact that they've lost weight. Mm. There'll be other things yeah. in that kind of experience or journey, you know, I keep using these wanky, wanky words, but um, <laughs> they'll say that it's definitely other things that have changed in those periods that have meant they're happier now, not because of the fact that they just happen to be a bit smaller or leaner or whatever. Or even, mm. you know, even the other way, like people have kind of built more impressive muscular physiques. They won't say that's what suddenly made them happier because inevitably it doesn't. It just mm. you know, it doesn't change. It's the, it's all in the mindset stuff, which kind of is the thing that drives people's happiness. Oh, massively. Um, and if anything, sometimes being in sometimes either a bigger, more muscular body or a smaller, more leaner body, that comes with another set of problems that they didn't really anticipate either. So Yeah, it usually does. And that is probably a podcast topic. Oh, that is a good podcast topic, actually, isn't it? Is, it? Yes, it's yes. a very good podcast Ooh, topic. Drop my lid. Um, um, yeah, uh, look at that. What are we fifty-three minutes in, and not a single mention of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Can I, you I it? you're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. I think people like our updates on it. Um, I still think, obviously, we did. I don't know if you listened, but we did mention, I think, either last week or the week before, where I said about you not enjoying that part of the content. I also mentioned the fact that you offered out a bit of a swap in hobbies. Um, I will never swap, but I still think you should take it out. I think you might enjoy it. Obviously, I think it's good for all women to have some uh, form of self defense. Bear in mind, um, I don't know what the right word is actually, but. Uh, Obviously, women get murdered. Well, 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 women get murdered by men usually. So, yes. um, you know, probably a good thing to to kind of have some basic level of uh, the or ability to to defend oneself. I'd be proper keen. Now, I'm actually reading a really good book at the moment. I don't know if you've heard of it called Eat Sweat Play, Eat Sweat Breathe, or something like that. Eat Sweat Play, Who's maybe. The yeah, I'm really going asking me a lot of questions here now. Hang on, let I, me find I, it. I don't. I must admit, I don't recognise the name, although it does sound very generic, three-word book title. Yeah, because exactly. Three, three, you know, as as our ridiculous government have worked out that th- th- kind of three three-word slogans do impact very well. There's a lot of research on this as well. Also, I know this, hence the <laughs> get Brexit done and what was the one before? Strong, stable, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense. Well, Eat Sweat Play by Anna Kessel. Um, it's about women in sport um, and historically women in sport and how women have viewed sport over have viewed sport or had sport portrayed to them over the last few years and decades. Um, and it's brilliant. It's fascinating. So, and it has made me think. Like, I really want to actually because I'm like 
I go to the gym. I train. I'm not. You go fit. to the gym, do you? I do. I'm not fit though. I'm not fit. I'm not sport fit at all. That is another another layer of another level. Well, you know what the number one uh, rule of any uh, programming, sport, etc., is specificity. So specificity. Obviously, the fact that you're not fit. Well, fit for what? That's the thing. Yeah, like you're, I know. you're fit for what you're doing. But you... I'm not sport fit. That's the. That's all I would say. I know sport depends. Darts is a well. sport. Darts. Yeah. True. Snooker is yeah. a sport. Yeah. Golf is a sport. I'm sure you hey, can walk. Hey, golfers are one of the fittest people out there. They have to be very fit. Well, they should be very fit. No, anyway. they're not the fit. fit. Well, they're not fit. No, 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 no. Take that back. Mm. They, are, they are not fit. They can walk a lot. Doesn't mean you're Rory, fit. Rory McIlroy would argue with you. Well, this you. is the thing. Is you don't need to be fit to be good at golf. However, there has been a trend of the part. There's a new guy or newish guy, isn't there, that, that starts to dominate. And I don't know his name now because I don't really know golf. But he's very much in the same way as like Rory McIlroy, obviously beefed up a bit didn't he to obviously kind of improve his power tiger did obviously and i think that seems to be the way that golf's experiencing this not renaissance but obviously people are starting to realize that having a kind of a more muscular athletic physique obviously does lend to being able to hit a ball harder um because obviously i guess there's like a lot of sports there's a massive amount of technique that goes into golf uh that generates the power from the swing but it doesn't mean being stronger or kind of more physically powerful doesn't improve that Cause I think, and I think mm. that's what golf is seeing that the, the people yeah. like to smack balls to the furthest now, which obviously does help with golf. I think when you've got to get a ball a long way down a, a course, that's sounds like I know what I'm talking about in golf, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> you do this a lot, mate. Smacking a ball um, somewhere down a course. For that book, I definitely recommend um, it. Yeah, it's made me think about doing a sport and doing something else. And I would be interested in BJJ for sure. Yeah. Um, just I'll... because, I, but I think I'd get hurt. Uh, everyone gets hurt. Yeah, true. Everyone gets hurt. It's unavoidable. Like I hurt myself in my first ever session and haven't recovered yet. This little pinky's still fucked. Yeah, so, in fact, earlier today, I was saying to my mum was with me doing trick or treating. I went to my sister's house and my mum came over to see the grandkids do like doing a little trick or treating thing. And I was saying to her, um, my finger is like the knuckle is really, really aching because it's mm-hmm. like I don't know, broken or whatever. I don't know what the hell's wrong with it, but yeah. um, it's funny how that joint now really hurts when it gets cold. Like I've noticed that training in the gym at home. Like if the if the bar's cold, that knuckle then really aches because I'm holding the bar. So yeah. Now weightlifting isn't really much better in terms of not getting injured, though. I think um, I think with with BJJ, you speak to people that have done it consistently. They're always got niggles or an injury. I think with weightlifting, it's inevitable you get injured at some point, but you hope at least have some periods where you're not having some form of injury. That's what I yeah. found in my kind of. I wouldn't say what I do is weightlifting because obviously I think of weightlifting as Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Whereas I think obviously what I do is more resistance training or bodybuilding. Yeah. That's what I mean, like Olympic weightlifting. Like you're either going to have a freak accident where you drop something on your head and or, you die, and you or you're paralyzed for life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're right, severe. Yeah. Um, or you just like maybe put your back out or something or you twinge something or it's going to be repetitive. It's just repetitive overuse of training the same pattern of motion for over and over do, and over again. Do you know what I think seems to be or what looks to me the most horrific injuries that you see in weightlifters? So again, Olympic weightlifters, the skin peeling off like thumbs and parts of hands from the repetition of catching bars and stuff like yeah. like when you see it you know like you see when like it looks like i don't know three millimeters of epidermis like peel off yeah. and it's like bright red like flesh yeah. underneath you're like oh, I had a couple days of them. 
I had yeah. a couple of them there from like toes to bar and stuff. Yeah, I've I mean um, I've had a few calluses and things and bits like they peel off and a bit sore from deadlifting yeah. things, but um, not like I deadlift much anymore because I don't. But um, nothing that severe. Like I see some people yeah. where it's like, oh my days! Like how 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 are you even touching anything now? Yeah, I had a couple there and then I had one there that was really bad, really really bad. And it's like as a girl to try and wash your hair after having like a big, basically half your palm missing is horrible horrible not not nice but like i i'm sure like you like i like the technical element of ollie lifting whereas like i'm sure there's technicalities in bjj that it's um, it's all technical there's very little like you can get away with obviously using some strength to an advantage and obviously when you've got heavier dudes down you being just big does help um but it's all about technique and like and a very advanced game of chess yeah they're like ollie lifting is all technique and mindset if anything mm. um yes you have to have a level of strength but that's kind of relative anyway like you know um especially if you're not competing if you're just doing amateur then you're just always trying to like give pbs and stuff but you're only competing against you but it is definitely mindset mindset and technique all the way i'll teach you mate never gonna happen oh. never I think he's can. No, um, I I think I said to Johnny before, like I think the few times that I've attempted any form of kind of Olympic lifting, um, and obviously I am incredibly poor at it, uh, and I would like to probably have proper lessons if I was ever going to do it, but um, I've ended up with some form of like tendonitis or something. Yeah. I think last time I did it, I I fucked my elbows up for like a year, both elbows. Yeah, yeah shoulders so, are usually the main one. Rotator cuffs. Yeah, I don't. I just. Yeah. I think I. I don't know what I was doing, but I kept catching, obviously just repetitively catching a bar. Um, I don't, I obviously had some sort of in, uh, like almost, I don't know if it's golfers or tennis elbows, I can never remember which way around it is, but basically on the inside of my elbows, both of those went and like, I couldn't do anything to get rid of it for like a year other than being told to just basically rest it as you do with most types mm. of tendonitis, which clearly mm. I was never going to do. So <laughs> it basically just suffered through for an entire year till eventually it just it did just disappear on its own. So well, I'd like to say I look forward to trying BJJ and breaking my first finger, but I don't really. So, but it's something I'll look into. Well, just think about it. If you uh, ever get mugged down the street, you'll have a better chance of uh, choking the dude out. Assuming it's going to be a dude, it's usually a dude, uh, and mm. then you know you survive for another day. That's the way I would look at it. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. That's the only reason I'm doing it. I don't want to get choked out by a dude or a woman. <laughs> so. Or a clown in the Halloween. Party, yeah. Halloween, yeah. someone's front yard. With, mur- with a murderous butcher knife. Eee! That might happen. Eee. A bit gross, isn't it? Um, yeah, just a bit. Thanks, Amy, for joining me on this wonderful episode, especially without Jonathan. Um, but obviously, for listeners, Amy's going to be a regular for a little while now. So, yeah, for a little while. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. That was fun. And thank you for um, giving me the floor, mate. That's all right. This has brought a nice feminine touch. Ah, oh, you do that on your own. <laughs> uh, I think out of the usual relationship, I'm the feminine out of me and Johnny. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's to say. Yeah, he's he's very gruff, straight down the line Welshman, isn't he? So yeah. Well, um, I look forward to us all being together soon. Hopefully next week, assuming you're available or up for it. But usually up for two dudes, aren't you? Say. So. <laughs> see what you did there. What podcast? What are you thinking? I've no idea. Giggity. <laughs> Can't make a giggity joke around me. <laughs> no. Um, right. Well, if you, for listeners, if you like this and you want to review, rate, and all that stuff, 
uh, obviously leave Amy a special review for saying, oh, look, she's added a touch of class to this this usual really shit uh, podcast. So uh, please do so, because we'd love you to do that. She's share with your network and all that stuff. I guess we'll see you again soon. See you again soon. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week. Thank you.